Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Gear 30. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and as always, you can check us out online at blisterreview.com. Today we are talking about two new bindings from Fritchie that are currently on the market, the Tecton 12 and the Vipec Evo 12. We've just put up full reviews of both of those products on Blister, but we wanted to talk a bit more with Blister reviewers Brian Lindahl and Cy Whitling about their experience with these new products and how they would locate them against some of the other most popular Alpine Touring bindings on the market. This episode of Gear 30 is presented by Marble Brewery. Last night, our strikingly handsome audio engineer, Justin Bob, was coming over to do some work on our podcast studio, so I went and picked up his favorite marble beer, the Marble Red Ale. It's another good one from Marble, and yes, I am enjoying one of them right now. But I realize now that I should have gotten J-Bob on the podcast last night to have him tell you why Marble Red is his personal favorite, so we're going to have to do that very soon. But till we do, you can go learn more about Marble Red at marblebrewery.com. And if you somehow missed my conversation at the end of our last Gear 30 podcast with Marble's master brewer, Joshua Trujillo, you should definitely go check out that when you're done with this episode. And now let's talk about the new AT bindings from Fritchie, the Tecton 12 and the Vipec Evo 12. Brian Lindahl, how are you today? Great. Good. So you have been spending a whole bunch of time on this Fritchie Tecton 12. And in fact, you were out on this binding again uh, this past weekend. And I think, please correct me if I'm wrong, but this was a rather interesting day of testing. Uh, I think this speaks to your commitment as a reviewer because (laughs) you were, well, tell the story if you would. Well, it's not every day uh, you're reviewing a product and you get engaged. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah, I was uh, touring up on Berthoud Pass, and uh, it was my girlfriend's of three years, Kate. Uh, it was her first time touring ever. Um, and so I decided to make it a little extra special and proposed at the top. <laughs> so while you, were, <laughs> while you were on the way up a mountain to propose to your girlfriend, you were also conducting, uh, getting some mileage in for a blister review. Yeah, kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Um, well, so I, I guess forever, I mean, you, you have like your engagement binding. The, the Tecton I 12 do. is like your engagement binding. Yeah, I'm going to mount it to the wall later. (laughs) Perfect. So let's talk about this. I mean, the other interesting thing is that you have been, I mean, really early, you have been somebody who got in on this Vipec and now Tecton train. Um, Talk a little bit about how you got into this, why you were kind of keyed in on what the Vipec was doing differently than some other bindings, why you thought this was so interesting. Yeah. So, uh, back in, um, oh man, back in, you know, fourteen fifteen, um, early that year I had started experimenting with using tech bindings in the back country in, in terrain where I tend to ski pretty hard and, you know, a lot of cliffs, a lot of pillows, a lot of deep snow, and I wanted to see if I could get away with the tech binding. Um, I found out pretty quickly that uh, some of the lighter bindings weren't going to work for me um, and found a 
binding that had little higher release values um, and was skiing that in March. And this is 2015 in March. And, you know, skiing through some kind of rolly terrain with a lot of little kind of bouncy terrain features and kind of small little airs and um, got hung up on the landing on one and went over the bars, uh, tumbled probably two or three times. And, and as I came to rest at the last time, my ski plunged pretty deep into the snowpack as it twisted, and I sprained my ankle pretty horribly. Uh, it was extremely painful. I thought maybe I might have fractured the ankle a little bit. Um, turns out I was lucky uh, I didn't. Um, and I was about one month off of skis as a result of that injury. Um, to, to me, it felt like it was pretty clear that had I been in a alpine binding um, at the time, uh, that this injury would have been minimalized, maybe not even happened. Um, so I was kind of pretty bummed at that point, realizing that, oh, crap, I'm going to have to go back to a, a heavier binding, uh, you know, like a Duke or a Guardian or something along those lines. Um, so, you know, while I'm sitting there, you know, resting up from my injury, uh, I wanted to do some research and figure out, you know, you know, it's got lateral release. Why didn't it, the ski pop off? Um, and I found some research out there that talked about how the point, if you were to take a sledgehammer and hit the side of the ski, so we're talking about a lateral impact here, uh, and how a binding releases from a lateral impact like that um, is different between a tech binding that releases at the heel and an alpine binding that releases at the toe. The research seemed to indicate that as you move the point of impact, so where you're hitting the ski, side of the ski with the hammer, um, as you move the point of impact closer to the toe, which does not release in a tech binding, as that point of impact gets closer to the toe, the force required for a release gets exponentially greater. So what we're talking about here is if you were to take a hammer and hit the side of the ski with a hammer right near the toe piece, you're not going to get a release at the heel. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's, so that was pretty shocking to me. And I pretty quickly did a carpet test um, where I stacked up some, uh, some, uh, blankets on, on my concrete patio and slammed the side of the ski with my boot in it laterally so that the point of impact was right near the toe piece. Mm -hmm. I did this with both a Alpine binding and a tech binding, uh, the one that I was wearing at the time of injury. And I dropped the din and the release value to as low as possible, which is about six. Uh, obviously, the Alpine binding popped off pretty easily. Uh, the tech binding did not. Mm -hmm. um, and it was at that point in time, I'm like, hey, this is kind of important and no one's talking about it. Mm -hmm. uh, around the same time, I became aware of the Vipec, um, uh, the Fritchie Vipec, uh, which is unique in that it has lateral release at the toe. Um, and as soon as I found that out and as soon as I did this carpet test, I was instantly uh, motivated to start using the Vipec. Um, so, you know, before we even talked about reviewing this binding, I was on it from a pretty early date. 
um, putting some days in, quite a few days in on it. Uh, by the time we talked about doing the review of the Vipac, it, it had about 30 to 40 days on the binding already, uh, in, in an earlier version of it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I got interested in it. And, uh, you know, we did our, our um, uh, AT shootout in the spring of 2016. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I was really curious to see how the Vipac would perform. At that point in time, we were talking a lot about the Kingpin because it had excellent power transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could really feel the ski load up in its flex and really accelerate out of the turn. And you had a really solid connection to the back of the, the tail of the ski. Um, so I was really curious to see how the Vipac did in that regards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to the, the, the carpet test I was doing, um, and the research on on how the lateral impact forces work differently between uh, release at the toe versus release at the heel. Um, you know, if you go to the Vipac review that we did in November of 2016, uh, I, I illustrate that carpet test yep. in a video. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so, by the way, just if people are curious. Um, if uh, for any uh, Blister Deep Dive subscribers or Blister members, we we did this pretty comprehensive test where we took, uh, I believe, five uh, five pairs of the exact same ski. We tested on the Line Tourist 102, mounted it with uh, these different AT bindings, and went and skied them back to back to back over a number of days. Uh, and that was incredibly illuminating, uh, I think, you know, to both Brian and me, um, because the, the fact is, it's just like people have wanted to, whenever people want to start just lumping all of these tech bindings together, it's like, we can say definitively that it's just not true that they kind of have the same downhill performance. Right. And so that, that is really where kind of our focus was at the time. And now there's such interesting things happening in the world of AT bindings that now it's starting to get into questions of not just how does the things go downhill, but what are the concerns in terms of safety or boot compatibility and all of these other factors, right? So it is a it is an interesting and sort of increasingly complicated world of AT bindings, I would say. Right, yeah. And, and yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to exploring more into the release characteristics of these bindings, especially mm-hmm. with, you know, the announcements of the shift, yep. um, the Solomon shift binding, um, and, you know, and just really exploring what, how do, how do bindings release? Uh, what are the various characteristics? Um, and, and yeah, I'm looking forward to, to diving into that more, uh, uh, with blister in the future here. Yeah. Um, but going back to this, you know, shootout that we did between a bunch of different AT bindings back in spring of 2016. Um, you know, as a result, you know, the Vipec performed well. It, it, we liked it a little bit better than, uh, you know, the other bindings in the test, except for the Kingpin. Mm-hmm. And the, the Kingpin was noticeably better in terms of power transfer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the announcement of the Fritchie Tecton, it yep. has the same toe, um, an evolution of the toe of the Vipec. Yep. Um, the new Vipec Evo actually has the same toe. So this, the Vipec Evo 12, which we're going to be talking more about here in a minute with our reviewer, Cy Whitling, who has been um, getting a bunch of days on that. But the Vipec Evo 12 and the Tecton 12 both have an identical toe. 
Yes. Yep. Correct. Okay, cool. Just want to make sure everybody's clear about that. Yeah. And then now we have, and the difference between the Vipec Evo 12 and the Tecton 12 is the heel piece. Yep. Um, the heel piece on the Tecton is very similar to a Alpine heel piece, mm-hmm. um, which is also similar to the Marker Kingpin heel piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, we had a theory that, you know, the reason why the Kingpin had better power transfer and better downhill performance was because of the Alpine style heel. Yep. Um, so we were very excited about that. I was at least very excited about the Tecton product that coupled the lateral release at the toe, which I really care about for very personal reasons regarding the injury. Um, and it combines that with the, the an Alpine heel that hopefully has the power transfer of the Kingpin. Yep. Um, so, and, and you know, I, I'm not the only one that's excited about this prospect as well. I, I mean, I've seen um, lots of ramblings on the internet about people pairing the Vipec toe piece with the marker kingpin heel piece mm-hmm. uh, in various uh, combinations yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, so I think the Tecton really, uh, you know, Fritchie really hit the nail on the head with what they wanted to evolve uh, the bindings into. Yeah. So I mean, we we know this is um, this conversation is going to go live. Uh, Friday morning, and your updated sort of full review of the Tecton will also be on the website. So people should go check out your full review of it. But but for now, yep. I kind of did want to, you know, just t- you've been doing such interesting tests and stuff, and I wanted to talk more <laughs> about it. So why don't we yeah. why don't we talk? Because I think a lot of people are like, yeah, 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 that's great. Like, tell me more about how this thing skis. Um, yep. So you did a test, right? Um, a kind I've of done two tests. You, yeah. yeah, you've done two, and let's start. Yep. Let's start with the first one you conducted. What What did you do? Yeah, so um, going back to uh, the ski we used in our spring shootout, uh, AT binding shootout in 2016, um, I took a line tourist 102, um, two pairs of these skis, and I put a Tecton on one pair, and I put a marker kingpin on the other pair. Not only did I ski both each pair back to back, um, I also went out and skied one ski, uh, one foot in a tecton binding and one foot in a marker kingpin binding at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so not just back to back testing, but also side by side testing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I could very say very definitively that yes, indeed, the Alpine heel piece of the tecton 12 does add the power transfer that we thought was missing from the Vipac. Hmm. Um, so, you know, n- not entirely surprised by that, but very excited by that. Yep. And, you know, our conditions right now aren't super firm or nasty snow yet. Um, so I'm not quite ready to say how the lateral release and elasticity in the toe of the Tecton um, might have improvements over the... Uh, lateral release and elasticity of the heel of the kingpin. Yeah. Um, I, that's a comparison I want to do later when we have the right kind of snow conditions for yeah. it. Um, By the way, yeah. have you, just in terms of sort of the uphill performance of the two bindings, um, mm-hmm. is there, 
again, I think this definitely comes down to a significant amount of personal preference, as well as sure. simply becoming familiar and really good at using one system versus the other. But have you personally yep. come to find particular things that you prefer about the Tecton or the Kingpin in terms of, you know, their risers or just sure. overall uh, ease of use for the uphill stuff? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the Tecton, um, inherits, uh, a behavior from the Vipec that I'm really fond of, which is being able to, um, transition between ski and walk mode without removing your boot from the toe piece. So for example, if I am skinning up and I get to the top of my line and I can click into the binding into ski mode without take, stepping out. And this is really nice for deep snow. So you're not like wallowing in really deep snow at the top of your boot pack or, or skin track, uh, skin track, um, uh, you know, plunging into the snow, trying to maneuver around. You can leave your skis on, which is really nice. And then you rip skins and ski down. And when you get down to the bottom, uh, let's say you've got a long flat section uh, to get out. Uh, you can quickly flip right back into tour mode without even taking your boot out of the binding and go back to skinning out um, and take these long cross-country like strides out. So I'm a really big fan of that feature, and the Tecton 12 has that. And while the market or Kingpin can technically do that, it's really awkward to reach down and manipulate that lever while you still are, are, are clipped into the binding. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. And then there's also the difference in the, the risers. And there's not a huge difference, but the Tecton is a little bit easier to use in terms of its risers. Okay. You want to transition uh, to talking about your next test that you did? Yeah, yeah. So this is a fun one. I've been wanting to do this one for a while, but I just felt like I haven't had the right binding for it. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's tecton... awesome. It's awesome that you say that because I personally have not wanted to do that test. So I was like, "Sweet dude, have at it." Yeah. So yeah. So what I did is uh, I, I took an old favorite of mine, which is the, and a favorite of blisters, which is the old metal katana. Uh, 190. Um, yeah, not the 191, mind you. Right, right. You're <laughs> the, the older, older school, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I took, I took, I actually have two pairs of that ski. Um, and so I did the same test I did with the Tecton and 12 and Marker Kingpin, um, where I took the Tecton 12 and an Alpine binding, a Tyrolia binding. Um, and I took both of those bindings and mounted one, the Tecton, on one pair of katanas and took the Tyrolia and mounted it on another pair of katanas. Um, and then I did the same test. I skied them back to back as well as side to side. So one foot in the tecton, one foot in the alpine binding. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, you know, I forgot, I forgot pretty quickly which binding was on which foot. Hmm. Um, the performance was very, very, very strong in each. Um, I was pretty impressed by that. Well, dude, and the thing that I... What the thing that I said about that is, as probably most people know, I mean, that 190 katana is freaking heavy and mm -hmm. like it has a very high speed limit. So, right. I think what was interesting about that is when we had conducted our AT tests on a lightweight touring ski, mm -hmm. right? This yeah. line tourist, uh, mm -hmm. a, a touring ski that you and I both love. Um, mm -hmm. but the thing that I was like, dude, are you sure you're like, you sure we're cool with this? Because 
you were going to be able to push that metal katana way harder. That that mm-hmm. is, I think, a really significant test for yeah. an AT binding because the ski wasn't going to be giving up. Yeah. So yeah, the the lowest band on the totem pole is the is the touring ski. Uh, it, it was in the Tecton versus Kingpin setup. Um, so I, I want to do this te- same test on the katana with the kingpin as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, we don't have a lot of uh, terrain open just yet, so I'm looking forward to doing these types of tests on more uh, significant terrain, steeper, uh, firmer snow, um, you know, cliffs to hard pack, that kind of uh, that kind of testing, and, and really push these bindings. And, and and I think I'll find more differences as as I begin to do that. Um, but for now, I mean, I'm pretty impressed, uh, with the Tecton's performance, yeah. uh, when compared to an Alpine binding. Yeah. A straight uh, up I, I, Alpine binding. Yep. On a, on a straight up Alpine ski yeah. <laughs> and not just any ski, yeah. a, a pretty burly one. Yep. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to doing this test uh, on steeper and more significant terrain uh, yeah. as the year progresses. Well, very interesting, man. Um, and yeah, again, everyone should uh, check out your full review on the site. Um, other than that, anything anything else to add here on the Tecton before we uh, head over to talk to Sai about the Fritchie Vipec Evo? Uh, not really, other than just, um, you know, the, I just want to reiterate this lateral release at the toe and and um, I think it's kind of an underplayed aspect of, of bindings and, and specifically the Vipec and the Tecton. And, um, yeah, and, you know, if you're curious about it more, uh, we're actually going to be doing a little bit more research into this. Yeah. And uh, in addition to that, go ahead and check out my Vipec review from November 2016. Yep. And, and check out that carpet test video and, and maybe check out the, the uh, study that I reference. Yeah. Um, it's, it has interesting implications. Yeah, uh, for safety. Well, dude, it's it's. Uh, I think it's safe to say it's never been more interesting in the world of um, alpine touring, in terms of the equipment and the different options. Um, so, uh, yeah, appreciate all the work you've been putting in on this, and um, yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's going to be an interesting season and next couple of seasons, I think, um, as we get more time on all this stuff. Yeah, thanks. I'm I'm really excited. Cool. Hey, man, thanks a lot, and we will be talking to you soon. All right. All right. Bye, thanks, Brian. And now we're going to talk to Cy Whitling about the Fritchie Vipec Evo. Cy, how you doing? I'm doing great. Good. Um, you uh, you are kind of winning in terms of places you live. That is uh, has been seeing some, you know, the most early season snow. I think in the lower 48 um does that seem about right yeah i mean we started out really strong and skied a ridiculous number of powder days like before lifts started turning yeah and then we've had this high pressure system um where we've actually been complaining a lot in the last like (laughs) two weeks we have not gotten very much snow and it we kind of get an inch and then it shuts down and is bluebird and inverted and gross um (laughs) yeah we're lucky we have a great base good Cool. And we should say, I mean, you are uh, currently in Driggs, Idaho, uh, right? Yep. So we just got done talking uh, with Brian about, uh, well, his his history 
with the Vipac, it, early iterations of the Vipac, and then now his um, the testing he's been doing with the Tecton 12. So t- it's time now to check in with you about um, the new Fritchie Vipac Evo 12. Um, talk to me about how that's been going. Yeah, it's been going really well. Um, I've really liked that binding. I've tried a bunch of different touring bindings. Um, I've kind of had an interesting arc where I did a bunch of big stuff on frame bindings and then went to the other end of the spectrum and skied a full year where my only touring binding was a Dinafit speed turn. Um, and now I'm like starting to figure out what I actually want out of a binding and who I am as a skier. Um, and the Vipec Evo has really slotted nicely into that. Um, and I've, I've come away really impressed and, and, my impression really has just been that this is a binding that a lot of skiers will get could could get along with well. Um, it, it strikes a nice middle ground in a lot of ways, and seems like a really good update to the previ- previous previous Black. Okay, do you want to talk a little bit about those updates? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this has kind of been a year of big, sexy binding release news. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with the Tecton and with the new Solomon Atomic binding. But in kind of hidden in all of that, they updated the Vipac in, in really what I think the three best ways you can update a binding are. They made it lighter, they made it cheaper, and they made it easier to use. Hmm. Um, which is like, yeah, those are three things that... <laughs> it's like the trifecta. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's usually like pick two. Um, yeah. And yep. somehow they did all three. And, you know, the, the Tecton's going to get all the hype this year. But I think the Vipac, the updated Vipac Evo is great. Like hmm. the update is just really intelligent. And I should say, um, well, let's see. By the time people hear this on Friday, uh, your full review of the Vipec Evo will already be up uh, on the website. And Brian's review of the Tecton will be up on the site. So people can go check out both of those. Um, but our, I think, speaking about the weight of the Evo, um, with 110 millimeter brakes, our total weight is coming in at 515 grams. Um, pretty good. Yeah, super good. Mm. Um, and you know, light. You know, and when we did that AT binding shootout mm-hmm. um, earlier, the original Vipec Black was the lightest binding of that group. Mm. Um, and now they just went and made it lighter, and it was also the cheapest binding of that group, and they made it cheaper. You know, they shave 50 bucks off the price and about 50 grams off the weight, um, which is just really, really sweet update to, you know, every, if every piece of gear could do that every year, like life would be really good. (laughs) And in like 12 years, bindings would weigh zero grams. Yeah. So I mean, it'll it'll top out, but now, now it seems like when something gets released, it costs an arm and a leg and then the update costs $50 more instead of the opposite. Yeah. We kind of sent the Vipec Evo for you to check out in thinking about it in terms of not so much um, the kingpin and, you know, Brian and I talked a little bit about the the shift binding, but really what I wanted to get from you was you're a guy that has spent some time on kind of ultralight bindings as well as a good bit of time on Dinafit Radicals and that G3 Ion. And that is a category that you've gotten along pretty well with in the past. And so that was honestly my question for you is tell me about 
you know, if, if I might be someone who would just kind of inherently be more attracted to that alpine heel of the tecton, I kind of wanted to hear from you, all right, let's put this Vipec Evo in the context of an ion, a radical, et cetera. And I don't know, do you want to say more about that? Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, part of that comes from the fact that just in my experience, I care a lot more about the ski than the binding when it comes to downhill performance. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I kind of found that out by on a lark, I put ions on my old shredder one twelves, which is a huge, heavy, it's a stupid ski to tour on. Um, and then I went out and toured on them and had more fun than I'd had all season. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was just, you know, I'd, I'd kind of had this mentality of if it's not a kingpin or a frame binding, it's, I'm not going to be able to have fun on a jibby ski. I'm not going to be able to jump off stuff and, um, play around on it and then prove myself wrong on the ion pretty quickly. Um, and so since then I've had this, had this part of me that really likes putting, um, and the ion has been what's, what's been available. So I've put ions on a succession of inbound skis, um, Mm -hmm. just because I, it's, that binding was fine. It, yeah, it doesn't ski like an inbounds binding, and I would never want that as a daily driver inbounds. And I've skied it inbounds a fair bit, just trying to get a feel for it. No, it's not an alpine binding at all. Um, mm. But it's just like I tour so I can ski soft snow, and yep. I'm not like I really am trying not to tour for icy moguls and crud. Yeah. Um, so the Ion has been just fine for all of that, and I've um, I've skied the Kingpin as well. Uh, quite a bit last season and it's it's great and i agree with everything we've said about the update to the um, upgrade to skiing performance it skis a lot better but that jump from an ion to a kingpin in my experience and opinion at least is a lot less of a jump than from a touring ski to an inbound ski yep um just as far as like how it feels on the snow which is what i care about and i'm i'm young and i'm fat i need to get in shape so i might as well haul big skis up hill (laughs) the weight of the ski does not really matter to me Hmm. well and it's just an interesting it's an interesting discussion and that's an interesting variable right is like um you and i have talked about this i don't know that we've said a whole lot about it actually on blister but you know it's like there's a number of variables here when we're putting together a touring kit and you know we get it's, it is a remarkable time, like better than ever before. It's like, how heavy do you want your boot to be? How heavy do you want your binding to be? How heavy do you want your ski to be? And there is some room here to, you know, go with a lighter binding, save some weight there and conversely go with a heavier ski. So I guess that's what you're yeah. precisely what you're saying. And yeah. And another aspect of that is like the, Yes, the the heavier bindings like the Kingpin and this new shift, they're going to be heavier and that's a downside. But the the number one thing that's turned me off from the Kingpin for like my daily touring binding has really been the fiddle factor. Hmm. Um, I don't like transitioning from ski to walk mode in that binding. Mm-hmm. And I don't like using the risers. And it's it's like these really little complaints that add up over X kick turns. <laughs> um, yep. We're like... I. I do not care care about the weight of that binding. I, I'm touring with beer in my pack, but yeah. having to reach down and get that lever from underneath my foot and like having to fight the risers every time it gets steep has just turned me off. And that's why that's part of why I've stuck to the ion. It's like that binding is really simple and really easy to operate. 
Yeah, we've we've said repeatedly that. Well, I I don't know what you care to say about the Vipec Evo risers, but that is certainly one thing. Is those the the risers on the G three Ion are they've consistently been kind of the easiest to use, right? I think we've all been in agreement about that. Yeah, and so kind of that's that's the segue into like, yeah. So coming from boy, I know the Ion doesn't ski that well, and I know it's probably not that safe. Like I probably shouldn't be that dumb on this binding. Mm-hmm. Um, coming, that's you know that's where I am coming into the Vipec, and the fact that it weighs a little bit less is the sweet added bonus. But really, I'm looking at, according to a lot of people on the internet and Black Diamond, the toe on this thing is safer, and like intuitively, yeah, it seems like it should be safer. Um, and like the uh, ski to walk and vice versa mode is easier to use, and the risers are easier to use, and the like the risers are super comparable to the Ion. Okay. Right, I can just do it with a pull basket. I can, honestly, if I need to, I can like flail around blindly back there and it'll catch on something and smack it up. Um, which the kingpin, I feel like I have to be really deliberate and usually yep. turn my pole upside down and use the top of the pole. And still sometimes I don't get it or I get both and I have to put it back or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's the, that's the great thing about the Vipec. It's like, it's just easy to use. I'm not swearing at my equipment when I should be touring. Yep. I think the thing that has been, and we were just talking about this uh, before we, you know, started recording, but it's just really interesting. I think right now that you know, I would I would chime in and say that again, the priority for me is uh, I absolutely hate frame bindings, and so when the kingpin came along and it was d- like distinctly better in terms of power transfer. That that was so my first clear priority that, uh, you know, I was like, this is the first AT binding that I don't hate. And, um, you know, and good, like, it, it's clear if that is your first priority, like, I think everything we said about that binding was sort of right and consistent. But it's great to hear, you know, Brian's perspective in terms of his um, what he's looking for in a binding. And then you're presenting a bit of different information here. And and the reality is we are getting into um, a better and better position with this AT equipment to just really fine tune, like what are your, well, what are your priorities? There's probably a piece of equipment out there that's going to be quite well suited to those priorities. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And it's just like, more and more you have to know yourself and know what you want because mm-hmm. in the, you know, in the good old days, it used to just be Dina fits. And then it mm-hmm. was, you know, lock the toe out if you want to look like Hoji. Um, mm-hmm. and then, and then there's Dina fits and they're still super sketchy, but we've got frame bindings and it's life as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then all these kind of nebulous, um, you know, there's this time where you'd, you'd have guys with ions without brakes on a super weenie setup, you know, not, rondo racing but pretty dang close and then you'd also have them on like 120 underfoot powskis they were skiing in bounds because the like there wasn't any competition to help place bindings on the spectrum there just weren't enough options hmm. like the the spectrum was kind of really sparsely populated and so it was, it was easy to bounce around and end up with something that worked pretty badly for everything <laughs> yeah um, and still get away with it like you could have that on the market and it was still competitive and now it seems like that's really getting refined. Yep. Okay, so the the grand question, you get one AT binding f- 
from all of the bindings that were available in our AT shootout, what binding are you going with and why? Um, so that would be between the G3 Ion, the Marker Kingpin, the Vipec, and the Dinafit Radical 2.0. Um, and out of those three bindings, I would definitely choose the Vipec. Or four bindings, I would definitely choose the Vipec. Um, it's the it's the cheapest, which is awesome. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. the lightest, which is also awesome. But neither of those things are as important as how easy it is to use and how well it skis. Um, and mm-hmm. I I think it's easier to transition transition than the Kingpin or the Radical. And I think it's really comparable with the Ion. Maybe a little bit easier to transition than the Ion. And then on the risers front, it's way better than the Kingpin, a little bit better than the Radical, and almost as good as the Ion, hmm. um, which is which is great. Yeah, it's high praise. Really my, yeah, and like out of all of that, my only reservation is durability. Um, partially because I just don't have that many days in these yet, um, mm-hmm. and you know a bunch of people have said great things about the old um, Vipec. It's just really plasticky, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and I know I shouldn't, I shouldn't be like that. I you know I'm not like superstitious about carbon fiber and plastic, but it's really plasticky. And I did have an issue where I have no idea what happened, but the high riser on one of the heels just fell off during a tour, hmm. um, and I had to pop it back on, which wasn't a big big deal at all in the backcountry. But it's really like as far as whacking it against stuff in my car even much less like crashing and having it hit a tree or you know de-icing it and hitting it too hard or something like the durability is really the only thing that's that i'm at all worried about but even with those reservations i would still take it over any of the other bindings in that shootout in a heartbeat hmm. well cool dude well yeah and i think like that is a thing we 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 will do a kind of durability update just as you continue to stack days on this binding. Um, and, uh, yeah, so people can expect that that will be, uh, in the works and on the way. And, um, yeah, man, well, sounds good. I appreciate the conversation. Anything else here? Um, not, not about bindings. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, cool, dude. Let's leave it at that. And, um, yeah, appreciate, uh, appreciate the thoughts and um yeah interesting stuff um but uh yeah we'll uh, we'll talk about all the other stuff uh off record sweet sounds good cool all right man thanks a lot yep bye, bye. That's it for this edition of Gear 30. Thanks to Brian Lindahl and Cy Whitling for the conversations, and of course to our strikingly handsome audio engineer, Justin Bob. Thanks also to Marble Brewery for sponsoring this episode, and be sure to go check out J. Bob's favorite marble beer, the Red Ale, at marblebrewery.com, or even better, go get your hands on a marble red and try it for yourself. Now, be sure to go check out our reviews of the Fritchie Tecton and Vipec Evo on Blister. And if you happen to be enjoying these Gear 30 conversations, we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating and or review in iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell they're calling it these days. Uh, Thanks a lot. Enjoy the holidays. And we will talk to you all very soon.